We want to welcome everybody back to the Vintage Christian Truth Podcast, where we share real truth for real people to have real life in Jesus. So glad you could be back here with us, and we appreciate all your prayers and support to Vintage Christian Truth Ministries and to our podcast. And as always, I'm joined with my co-host, very good friend of mine who faithfully serves the Lord at Fairview Baptist Church in Sampson, Alabama, Pastor Brian Sawyer. Um, and so we're so glad. Uh, I'm Pastor Sam, obviously, here. You're stuck with me as well. But uh, we're, here, uh, we're here with you again tonight, and we're continuing our series on theological jargon where we're talking about some, some biblical words that we need to understand because they're in the Bible, and we want to better understand the Bible so we can better know and, and serve God and, and please Him in our lives. So tonight we're going to continue with that theme, and we're looking at the idea of glorification. Um, and this is a very wonderful doctrine. I mean, all of them that we've been covering, Pastor Brian, have been wonderful. But there's something, you know, this world that we live in is 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 obviously broken. Um, whether right. you see it with this racism that's going on, this, I don't know if I would call it a race war, but I would say that if things don't change, you know, we're, well, I'm just going to put it like this. We're in a bad spot as a country with racism. We have brutality, violence, murder, rape, abortion, um, so much meanness in the world, so much wickedness on a human level, but also the diseases like COVID-19, pandemics, natural disasters, all these moral and natural evils in our world. And I think the the doctrine of glorification should be a great comfort and should be a great encouragement to us who love and know Jesus because we are awaiting uh, something better that's going to come our way because of the finished work of Jesus for us. That's right. Well, and, and you know, as, as rough as, as rough as the world is. Um, and, and I was talking with, uh, I was talking with a guy uh, yesterday, I believe who said that, you know, prior to Jesus, he would look at the world that, that we live in and it was just hard for him to have hope. Um, oh yeah. He said, you know, humanity is going in, in a direction where, and, and like what you named off excellent examples, but, but we, we've got, uh, you know, rape and, and murder and, and, and racism and, and, uh, and, and theft. And I mean, theft has become so commonplace. People are locking up stuff that you never would have thought to lock up, you know, 30 years ago yeah. Oh, but, yeah. the, uh, but also we have man we have uh, we have normalized murder in abortion clinics in our country and and when a when a society says it's okay to kill not only not only kill anybody but to kill babies to kill you know the unborn um, who are just as I mean my child was born prematurely and uh, and you know before it was technically ready to, to come out and so it took some efforts on the doctor's part to care for him and to get him to a place where he was ready to, you know, to, to, to survive outside the womb, even though he was, he was outside the womb before he should have been. And, and, yeah. uh, and anyway, it, I saw an article on Facebook today. It said that the youngest, that the most premature baby ever born that lived went home today. It was born at 21 weeks and it weighed 13 ounces. Wow, that baby, that baby went home today, and and man, we can celebrate that. But there are some that at 21 weeks, if Mama decided that that well, I don't want to have a baby, or 
baby would complicate my life or a baby would keep me from doing the things that I want to do. Or in some places, even that, well, that baby is a boy. I'd rather have a girl that then people will say, well, it's all right to just kill that baby. And you can, you can try again later. You can try again now and see if you can get what you want. And, and, uh, we have, we have normalized murder to a degree that I can fully understand why someone would look at the world that we live in and say, where do I find hope in this? And, 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 the the beautiful thing about, um, uh, about, about glorification is, is we get to see what, you know, what that hope looks like a little bit when we talk about glorification. We well, also, about- also I want to jump in there and say, cause I, yeah, I, yeah. I appreciate what you're saying. I mean, it's, it's a hundred percent spot on and you know, I, Brian, I, we're seeing also with the craziness of our world today, we have seen several, which they've not really been influential to me. The lead singer of Hulk, of Hulk Nelson, a Christian rock band, he committed apostasy and apostasy is a fancy theological word that says he professed to be a Christian and now he has abandoned Jesus and the Christian faith. Um, we've seen several people commit apostasy here of late. Uh, we have seen a lot of people that are not active in church. Um, they're not, um, they might have been raised in church and they've abandoned the church. They've abandoned Jesus and the Bible as the word of God. And we see all this craziness in the world today. And I think part of it, Brian, is like with the lead singer of Hulk Nelson. I, I read part of his article. I think it was on Christianity Today, something he shared on social media. And his big problem, which deals with glorification, I'm going to tie it back here to this, but his his big problem is why is there so much evil and meanness and death and disease and disasters in the world today? If God is all good and God is all powerful and God is in complete control, then why is all this mess in the world today? And I think part of the reason that he abandoned the faith was because of those questions, which are honest questions. I mean, those are, Really good questions, but yeah, good question. You know, but the ba- the 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 crutch of the matter is this, and and this is where glorification comes in. But see, the world was not, and you just tell me if I'm wrong here. But the way God created Adam and Eve, the way God created the world, the way God created the universe, was not in the state that it is today. It was made perfect. Uh, Adam and Eve were made upright. They were made. Uh, you know, free from any type of meanness or evil or sinful uh, tendencies. There was no death or decay or disasters or pain or suffering uh, in the world when God originally made everything. Everything was beautiful and whole and perfect. Um, But because of Adam and Eve's sin against God, then when they rebelled against God, then God cursed creation. Um, And that's Romans chapter 8. You can look in there in verse 20 all the way through verse 30. Um, God cursed the the physical creation, and that's why there are disease and disasters and breakdown and decay. But also Adam and Eve died spiritually, which means they were now cut off from God, and they went from being holy and just and loving and righteous and humble and pure. They went to being totally corrupted with this virus of sin, so to speak. So now they were given over in their mind, their heart, their will, their emotions, their body was given over to wickedness and to selfishness and to pride and to rebellion and to evil and and envy and jealousy and bitterness and unkindness and cruelty. And you can see that with Cain and Abel, some of Adam and Eve's first children, where one brother was jealous of the other one and got so mad and killed the guy. So 
you see, that's where we died spiritually, and that's why the human race is so fouled up because we're sinners. And so we died spiritually, and we began to die physically as our bodies break down and wear down over time and are now susceptible to disease and things like that. But that's not how God originally made everything. It was good and perfect, but because of sin, we're in the mess we're in today. But that's where glorification comes in. Yeah, I've I've had that discussion with people like, uh, uh, you know, if you're upset at the evil in the world, how can, you know, how can God allow this evil in the world? Well, just keep in mind, it ain't God's fault. This ain't how he made it. That's it. Um, and, and the beautiful thing, as we, as we, as we move into a discussion about glorification, if you, if you go read Revelation, go, go to go to Revelation 21 and look at the way the new heavens and the new earth is described by John in Revelation. And it looks, it, it sounds a lot like we're going back to how God originally made the place. I mean, it, you oh. know, it, there's, there's, there's no sorrow, there's no sickness, there's no death, there's no tears, there's no, uh, there's no need for a sun because the glory of God shines and lights up, you know, the earth. I mean, it, it's a, it's a beautiful depiction of what the new heavens and new earth will look like. And, and, and knowing that we get to populate that in glorified bodies should just, it, it should fill us with hope and excitement about the things that God has in store for us in the future. Well, you know, I think about it too is, you know, the world, like you said, the world that you and I, that all of our listeners that we live in today is a broken world. Um, it's a fallen world. We live in broken, fallen bodies. Um, we're sinners. We live in a sin-cursed world. But glorification is a beautiful teaching that reminds us that one day Jesus Christ is going to physically return to this planet. And he is going to create a new heavens and a new earth where righteousness will dwell again. And everything will be put back right. The curse will be lifted up all of, um, up off of all of creation. And the curse of sin will be fully and completely and eternally lifted off all of God's people. All of us who have repented and trusted Christ as our Redeemer and God and Savior, Jesus will give us the victory, and we will get to share in His glory uh, in the new he- on the new earth, under the new heavens, for all the eternal ages to come with God Himself. And uh, so glorification is a, is a hope for us that, yes, this world is messed up. Yes, this world is screwed up. I agree with you. And it's not God's fault. It's our fault. You know, we, Adam and Eve, sinned. We choose to sin. Um, and therefore, the world is in the state that's in because of the curse of sin. But because of the life, the death, and the resurrection of the God-man, Jesus Christ, he says, behold, I make all things new. And, and Brian, I would even say this. You tell me if I'm wrong, but God is renewing. He is going to renew all things. He's going to make all things perfect and good and, and holy and and beautiful again but he begins that work inside of us as his chosen people going back to the golden chain of salvation if you listen to our podcast on regeneration where god takes that which is dark and cold and dead and lifeless which would be us our hearts he regenerates he second corinthians 4 verse 6 he says let there be light going back to genesis 1 He says that within us, and he creates within us a new disposition, a new nature, a new heart, so that now instead of hating him and running from him, 
we love him and embrace him and trust him and now we'll follow him as our God, King, and Savior. And that is kind of the first fruits or the first installment of what God is going to do not only to us when he resurrects our bodies and gives us new perfect, holy, righteous bodies, but he's going to do that in all of creation when he basically renovates this universe with fire and he's going to purify it and basically create a brand new cosmos where everything will be perfect and righteous again. So glorification should be a beautiful hope and a beautiful comfort for us that, yes, this world is jacked up, but Jesus Christ has done something about it when he came to this earth and he completed his work of redemption to redeem all of God's people and to redeem all of God's creation so that everything will one day be put back perfect and right again. And I would even argue, Brian, that the new heavens and the new earth where we will be with Jesus is going to be even better than the Garden of Eden because now, unlike Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, we will get to know God better because we have had him forgive us. We have had, we have had him adopt us. We have had him lavish undeserved favor and blessings upon us through Jesus Christ. And we have a greater appreciation for the glory and the awesomeness of God. And we would never get to see that or experience that if God would never have allowed sin to come in and mess up this world to start out with. Well, yeah, you're right. And, and, uh, second Corinthians four is one of my favorite chapters in all the Bible, but my favorite place to preach, uh, and teach glorification is one chapter over in, in chapter five. Um, and you know, the, uh, the Bible gives us hope says that, that he who has begun a good work in us. will see it through to the day of its completion. And it's day of completion is, is the day of glorification. I see it. Now second Corinthians five says that, that we, uh, it, it talks about our bodies and it says that, uh, that we've been, that we have lived, and I don't have a Bible in front of me, but I'm just giving you the, the Brianism version of this, okay? <laughs> um, this is, it says that we, that right now, it describes our bodies as tents, um, that it contrasts tents and, and houses. So right now, our bodies, it, it, it says that our bodies are like a tent. Now, we understand a tent is a temporary dwelling place, but if you've ever went out camping and stayed in a tent, and stay in that tent for any length of time, what's going to happen? Well, you're, you're going to have problems with your tent. Your tent's going to, your tent's going to tear up. Your tent's going to fall over. Your tent's going to wear, uh, you know, if you use it for very long, your, your tent can dry out. And, and when that fabric dries out, holes get poked in it pretty easy. Uh, you know, the, the, the stem, the, the poles that put it together can, can break and come apart and you got to get replacement parts. That sounds a lot like our bodies. You go talk. I mean, I don't know how old you are if you're a listener of this, but if you go talk to your grandparents uh, and ask them about knee replacements and about uh, <laughs> and, and hip replacements and those sorts of things and how your body wears out over time, uh, my granddaddy, I, he's he's had both knees replaced. He's got macular degeneration, so he can't see. Uh, he still hears well, um, but but he's just and he hurts. He's got arthritis and. You know, I mean, his his tent's worn out, and uh, you know, I, I I I dread the day whenever whenever that tent that tent finally wears out and he passes away. Uh, he'll be following my grandmother, and and uh, my grandmother's already gone, and and both of them are, matter of fact, and and uh, but I mean, 
Corinthians 5, that, that temporary dwelling place that they lived in, that, that tent that was their body, uh, has, has worn out and passed away. But what, what, what that chapter goes on to compare it to, it says that we, we long to put on this temporary or put off this temporary dwelling place, this tent, uh, so that we can move into a home not made with hands, a, a, a home that God builds, a heavenly home. Um, and, and so this is now this is not talk. This is not the mansions that Jesus mentioned. This is a, a permanent dwelling place, a permanent body, a glorified body that has no need for replacement parts or that has no need for, uh, you know, for glasses, has no need for, uh, you know, for, for doctor visits and wound care. I mean, the, this this glorified body that that we you know, that we look forward to is one that's made perfect. And I don't know how I don't know how you feel you know, when you wake up in the morning, I'm, I'm 38 years old. I'm not, I'm not quite 40, but already I've, I've figured out evidently I have learned how to hurt myself sleeping because <laughs> I wake up in the morning and believe my back is sore. I must've slept wrong or something. And, and like right when I started at Fairview, the first book that I preached through at Fairview was Ecclesiastes. And if you go, if you go look at what Solomon, how Solomon describes this life in Ecclesiastes, he says that that eventually your you know your back's gonna hurt and and your teeth are gonna fall out and your eyesight's gonna go and your hearing is gonna go and he talks about what it's like to get old and uh, and and so if if you're blessed if you are blessed beyond measure in this life your your body's gonna wear out eventually and and you're gonna you're gonna go in the ground and um, unless unless Jesus elects to come back quickly um, and and so this. Chapter five of Second Corinthians compares uh, compares what we have now to a temporary dwelling place, and then looking forward to a permanent dwelling place—a home not made with hands, a home made by God that we will enjoy uh, and and worship Him in uh, for all of eternity. That's that glorified body that we look forward. Oh to man, having. no, that's good stuff. And you know, I was thinking back on First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse twenty-six, where Paul reminds us kind of going along with what you're saying there brian about he says the last enemy to be destroyed will be death and you know when you think about that you know death is an enemy because death is not something that god wanted and i'm using that word carefully but it was not god's original heart's desire or intention for death and suffering and breakdown and decay and disease and disaster to be in the world and death, death is an enemy simply because um, it's not, it's not, I hate to say it, well, I don't hate to say it like this, but I'd say death is not normal. Death, the reason we have such a hard time with death is because I think deep down we all know that we were made by God and we were made to live forever with God. And so when someone dies, we psychologically have such a hard time processing it because even though it's a normal part of our world today, it was not meant to be normal in the beginning, if you get what I'm saying. And so the beauty of glorification is that because of Jesus' suffering and death on the cross, Jesus died to end all suffering. Jesus died, and when he died, he actually destroyed death, the last enemy. He destroyed the power of the devil, and he destroyed the fear of death, and he conquered the grave as he was resurrected on the third day. And so glorification is a beautiful hope that we have as believers 
that we have a home prepared for us by God in eternal city, Hebrews chapter 11. Um, we have the hope that one day these physical bodies that we have will be totally resurrected. They'll be regenerated. They will be completely renewed and restored. And they will be made imperishable bodies that never get old and decay. They will be made uh, spiritual bodies that are controlled by the Holy Spirit. There's no sinful tendencies. Um, they will be glorious bodies, beautiful and perfect in every way. Um, they will be very strong bodies so that we can fully serve God the way that we want to and the, and the way we'll need to in the new, on the new earth, under the new heavens. And so, and you can read that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, like 50 through 54. But those are the types of bodies that we're going to get. It's going to be just basically just like Jesus's body. His, the same body that Jesus died in, that same body was resurrected. Uh, it was transformed. And our bodies will be resurrected and transformed. And so with that, so with glorification, that is not, glorification is going to be when our spirit, when our soul is reunited with our body and both our body and soul is completely restored and made holy and perfect and right and beautiful and good. And we will share in that beauty and that glory and that awesomeness of Jesus. And we will be with him uh, for all the eternal ages to come on the new earth here that God's going to renovate when he makes that new heavens and the new earth. And so that should be such a great comfort to us because the world as it is right now is fouled up. We all agree with that. And it's sad. And it's because of sin. But because of Jesus, we can have hope. That doesn't mean wishful thinking. That means we can know that we know that we know based on the promises of God and the character of God that just as Jesus Christ was resurrected, we too will be resurrected. Uh, our bodies will be resurrected and we will be with him uh, forever and Paul tells us in First Thessalonians chapter 4 down I believe verse 16 and 17 that we should comfort one another with these words and he is echoing that beautiful doctrine of glorification and to me Brian glorification is really the culmination of salvation I mean when we get to glory and we have our bodies resurrected and all, cre all of creation is made perfect and our bodies and our souls are made perfect we will then be totally conformed to the image of Christ. Now, that's sanctification. That's ongoing right now where God is working in us, making us more like Jesus. But at glorification, we will be made perfectly like Jesus in the sense that we reflect his holiness and his, his character. And uh, that's going to be a great day when we don't, we don't have to sin anymore. We're not going to struggle anymore. Um, we're not going to have to deal with any diseases or disasters anymore. We're not going to have to deal with the devil or demons anymore. We're not going to have to deal with sinful impulses or desires of our fallen body because our bodies will be totally restored and renewed and made perfect and transformed. Philippians 3.21. What a great day, man. That, that, to me, that gets me excited. And I love, that's what Paul said. He said it in Romans 8. He said it in 2 Corinthians 4, where he says, the present suffering that we're going through is nothing to be compared with the eternal weight of glory that's going to come our way. Well, and, and you said uh, you said a, a, a mouthful when you started, when you brought sin into the picture. If, 
if justification saves us from the penalty of sin and then sanctification saves us from the power of sin, then glorification saves us from the presence of sin. Because you, you think about, you know, all the things that we mentioned, you know, right now, uh, racism is a, it's, it's front page news in, in, in our country. And, uh, and, and, you know, we, like I'm meeting, I've been meeting with a group of, of friends, uh, black and white Christian people who, who, you know, we're sitting down and discussing, Hey, what can we do? What's the, what's our best step of trying to, of trying to tackle racism, put it in perspective because there's, you know, there's some, sometimes we blow things up as though it's racism when it's, it's, it's probably not. But but at the same time, it does exist. And, and how can we deal with it? And how can let how can we deal with it legislatively to make sure that racism hasn't infiltrated our legal system? Um, how can we deal with it, you know, practically and, and within the home? But at the end of the day, we're all Christian folks having this conversation. We know it's a sin problem. And uh, and, and the only way to tackle that problem that sin problem just like any other sin problem is is through is through the sharing of the gospel and the growing of the kingdom of god um and until we make it to this place of glorification we're gonna have to deal with sin um the uh when when uh colossians 3 4 and i know you mentioned uh last time that colossians 3 was one of my favorite chapters colossians 3 4 says when christ who is our life is revealed then you also will be revealed with him in yep. glory. And, 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 you know, we're, we're eagerly anticipating that day when, when, uh, you know, when, when we appear beside Christ and, and the, the final victory over sin and death and evil and hell uh, has been, has been uh, not only because it's been fully accomplished right now, but but that day that day will come when it's fully realized and and put into place and exercised and and man we as Christian folks you know we can't wait until uh, you know until that day comes and and whenever and the beautiful thing is in Romans eight thirty and when we started this discussion on the golden chain of salvation we went to Romans eight thirty pretty quickly it says and 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 these whom he's predestined he also called and those whom he has called he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. It is so encouraging to know that our glorification is 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 done. Like it is, it is take it to the bank type done. And we, I've had this discussion with people before, but that's because that's past tense language. I mean, you notice you notice that's that language. If you if you went, you don't have to have a Bible <laughs> college degree to understand this. If you went to high school or, or, or middle school and understood, you know. Your, your past tense verbs and your present tense verbs and, and future tense verbs. Like this is past tense language that what Paul is saying in Romans eight thirty, he's saying as though it's already taken place. Well, well we can look around and see that it hasn't taken place. So why would Paul write something as though it has taken place when it hasn't? Well, I would, I would say that he's, he can, he can say that with that much confidence because he knows fully that it is 100% going to happen. And so if, if God has, has, has elected you, then he will call you. And, and if he has called you, then, then he, he will justify you. And if he's justify you, he will absolutely 100%, no questions about it, glorify you uh, when that day comes. And so, and so Christians have all the reason in the world to be filled with hope 
because our glorification is 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 I mean you well, take it that, to the bank. That, you're deal. exactly right. I mean that's why when we study our Bible, you know, it's so important to look at the words, um, and because the words have meaning, and that's the way God chooses to communicate with us. And what I when I think about glorification, you know, I know. I know having that, that perfect body is going to be amazing. Um, I know being in a place where there is no more disease and disasters, that's going to be amazing. Um, I know seeing the new Jerusalem come out of the, come literally come out of the sky and basically be the capital of the new earth and the new heavens. And you can read the dimensions and the jewels and the rubies and the, the gold, the streets of gold and the, just the beautiful heavenly city that that God has created and prepared for those who love him is going to come down out of heaven onto this new earth. Um, all those things are wonderful. Um, but I think, Brian, I have to go back to Jonathan Edwards here, this old school vintage uh, truth here. But what's going to make glorification, what's going to make it so beautiful and awesome is going to is primarily we get to be with Jesus we get to see Jesus and all his glory and all his beauty and all his splendor. And we're going to be able to worship him and serve him in a way that we want to now. But because of our fallen bodies and this fallen world, we're, we're, we're not quite capable of doing it. But in glory, we will be able to serve Christ and worship Christ. And we'll be able to see the what a lot of theologians would call the the beatific vision or beatific vision of god uh where he says blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see god uh you read revelation 21 and 22 god's going to wipe away every tear from our eye i don't know how close you have to be to wipe away someone's tear but to me that communicates very uh you know a lot of intimacy and closeness to god and so what's going to make glorification so wonderful is above all it's going to be being with Jesus, uh, hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant, um, to see him in all his beauty and his greatness and to be able to worship and love him and serve him, uh, for all the eternal eons and eons to come, uh, knowing there will never be any more evil or death or suffering or pain or wickedness. And to be able to just see him, Brian, to me, that that's what it's all. That's, that's why I think glorification is the, is kind of the culmination or the terminus of salvation. It terminates in Jesus. You know, the reason God predestines us is so that we would be holy and blameless in and through the work of Jesus Christ. The reason God regenerates us is so that we will hear Jesus call out to us through the gospel, through the word, so that we would then be able to repent and trust in him. And by his grace and power, we will repent and trust and follow Christ. And the goal of justification is so that we can be accepted into his kingdom as innocent and righteous before the Father through the work of Jesus Christ. And the goal of sanctification is that we would be more conformed to the image of Christ and grow closer to him and serve him and love him in greater, deeper ways. And the goal of adoption is that now we're not just servants of God, but we're children of God and we will inherit all the promises and all the blessings and privileges that Jesus won, we get to share in that. And the goal of all of salvation culminates in glorification where we will see our risen Lord and Savior and for all the ages to come. That's some good stuff, man.
Oh, it is. Well, and, and I'll tell you, uh, uh, John Piper, Fanatic. who is a Jonathan Edwards <laughs> student. Um, jo- yes. Yeah. I was, I was being kind. Oh, yeah. I was being kind because I love John Piper. I wouldn't want to call him a fanatic of anything, but he, he is a Jonathan Edwards, uh, fan to the, to the core. And, um, but I mean, I say that he's a truth fan and Jonathan Edwards spoke a lot of truth, but, uh, but John Piper said that, uh, and I'm pretty sure it's Piper that said this, but he said that, um, yeah, that evangelism exists because worship does not. Now, the implications of that is mm-hmm. if there's a place where worship of God doesn't take place, there's a problem. And, and to overcome that problem, we share the truth of Jesus so that disciples can be made and God can get the worship that he deserves. Now, um, now this week I've been, I've been blessed to go to First Baptist Church in Sampson, Alabama, and lead worship for a, a youth camp. Um, you know, the COVID nineteen has pretty well changed all of our all of our you know summer plans as far as church things are concerned, whether it be youth camps or vacation Bible school. I mean, it, it's had a big effect uh, on the way that we're functioning in South Alabama. Um, but but I, I had a chance to go and lead worship, do some music with. Uh, with a youth group there at First Baptist Church in, in Sampson. My brother DJ Sims is there and he's doing a wonderful job with those students. And and I, I love as much as I love to preach, I love to lead worship um because I, I like to I like to close my eyes and and hear beautiful words being sung to Jesus in a way that 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 lifts him up and recognizes who he is for us and and who he is period and and celebrates who he is and what he's done. And, and we sang gorgeous songs. Uh, we did, you know, Lord, I need you and Oh, praise the name. And we did glorious day and had a wonderful time. And those kids get excited when you talk about, uh, you know, you called my name and I ran out of that grave. I mean, it's that sort of, you know, I mean, they, they just got excited about that, but, but we did Jesus paid it all. And we did, we did Jesus paid it all in that newer, uh hipper kind of you know way um and and there's a bridge in there that that says uh oh praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the grave and then the last verse says and when before the throne i stand in him complete jesus died my soul to save my lips shall still repeat that jesus paid it all and and such gorgeous words and and, and when you think about glorification keep in mind that that if you go read revelation we're that there's pictures there's pictures all throughout revelation that are being described because that that is john describing the vision that he receives from god on the isle of patmos and he says that that uh there's a period that he that he kind of you know describes for us it's the it's the banquet table we're at the banquet table of the lamb and uh and and he the way he describes it Man, it sounds like a lot of worship. It sounds like it sounds like believing people who are so grateful for the salvation that they have found in Jesus that uh, that they just celebrate, they worship, they sing songs, they they celebrate Christ and his and his accomplishment and and saving his church and ransoming his people. And uh, and and if you're if you're listening to this and you're a person who loves to worship, lo- lo- loves you know. Uh, not not only in music, but but in, in prayer and in service and in giving. Those are all acts of worship. But 
But if you just love to worship Jesus, then then know that glorification. I mean, it's man. It you go you go read Revelation. I promise you see a lot of worship of Jesus. And and I can't man, I can't wait. You go sit in your church. You close your eyes. You hear those beautiful voices sing, and and just know that man, this is we're getting a little snippet of what of what that that glorified time is going to look like a little snippet of what it's going to be like to sit at the, at the, at the wedding feast of the lamb and, and know that, Hey, this is, you know, this is uh this is what worship is going to be uh, and, and be even greater. Oh I, yeah. I oh yeah. We will. Oh yeah. Everything will be sing better. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I agree so, with you. Uh, and, you know, I kind of think about it too, Pastor Brian, about sanctification where God is making us more holy and he is, uh, growing us and maturing us and, and causing us to be more conformed to Jesus and to know him better. This is kind of like a dress rehearsal that's getting us prepared for glory. Um, I kind of think of it like that because, see, I think when we make it to heaven, I, and I love what Paul says in Second Corinthians 4 where he says, these momentary light afflictions are preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. So I think there is an there is a sense where all of our sicknesses, right. all of our difficulties, all of our problems, God is working that for our good. And I think part of that good, and this may be me jumping out there a little too far, this may just be an opinion, but I think part of that good that God is working for us as his children is he's, he allows us to go through some of these difficulties and these trials and these tribulations on this earth because the more bitter our cup is down here, the more sweet the wine will be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And that's just my take, because uh, because I think when we get to glory that's and right. we see Jesus and all his splendor, um, and, and I would even say that's why I hold to a Reformed soteriology, a Reformed Calvinistic Augustinian view of how God saves us, because... When I'm sitting at the marriage supper of the Lamb, I know the only reason I got there was solely due to the grace and the unmerited and undeserved love of God. It had nothing whatsoever to do with anything good in me or any choices. I had absolutely zero to do with it. It's all of God. The Father chose me. The Father set his love on me before I was born. The Son came lived for me, died for me, was raised for me. The Holy Spirit quickened me, allowed me to hear the voice of Jesus, see the, my sin, see my danger. He showed me the beauty and awesomeness of Christ by which I repented and trusted in him by the power of the Holy Spirit working in me. I was justified. I was adopted. God has been sanctifying me and working in me, drawing me closer to him. And then one day God will raise this fallen, dishonorable, weak, perishable body transform it into a glorious perfect heavenly strong beautiful body and i will worship christ and yes in heaven we will sing we will work in heaven we will serve jesus in heaven we will have different jobs in heaven um heaven is pictured as a beautiful city um heaven in heaven we won't just be you know singing we'll be a big part of it we will be growing we will be studying we will be learning we will be working um, and I would even say, Brian, how we serve Jesus on this earth will de will determine the rewards and our position 
in the eternal kingdom of Christ because Jesus said, I believe it's in Luke 19, where Jesus said, hey, you've been faithful over this. I'll give you five cities. Or you were faithful over what I gave you. Uh, you 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 really did a good job. So here's nine cities. So I'm not saying that our good works save us. Only Jesus saves us. But God chooses to, to reward us for our good works and our faithfulness unto him. And part of that reward, I would say, would be, maybe I'm jumping out too far, part of that reward will be more responsibilities on the new earth. And part of, part of the reward will be a greater, I think everybody's cup in heaven is going to be full. There's no doubt about it. But I think some people's cups are going to be a little bit bigger um, because of their faithfulness to the Lord, their service to the Lord, their dedication to God and his word and his church. And so I would encourage you, as you think about glory and being with Jesus, I pray that we would, Colossians chapter 3, that we wouldn't be so focused on this temporary, uh, this temporary residence that we're in right now. Don't be so focused on these earthly things. I'm not saying be neglectful and don't pay your bills and don't. No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying make sure that your mind is set on Christ. Have Be heavenly minded and make sure that everything you do is for him because one day we will stand before him and give an account and he will reward us for what we do for him and, and we will be with him in glory and our status in glory will be based upon uh, our service you know, our service to him. Now, what do you think about, would you agree with that? Or what do you? I would, I mean, I haven't, and you know, it's easy. uh, It'd be easy for us to get off into a eschatological discussion. um, And, and maybe that's another, uh, but I I feel like that's going to be another season. Um, But, but the uh, yeah, I would agree. I I see plenty of evidence in Scripture that says that uh, that that our you know that there will be rewards in heaven for those who faithfully serve uh, serve Jesus well. Now uh, uh, those those rewards, Paul Paul used reference to you know uh, crowns of glory a lot um, that uh, that that will be bestowed on those who are who, who serve Jesus faithfully while here. Um, those that that take you know that receive persecution the bible talks about them uh their reward in heaven being great uh and so um you know i I think i think that's the motivation that 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 scripture gives for us to uh to serve faithfully to preach faithfully to to boldly represent the cause of christ uh i i think all those things uh Whenever, whenever Paul said that these things, our sufferings now work for us in yep. eternal weight of glory, well, well, some folks suffer more than others, um, and, and we, and and here's something for us to think about: we live in the United States of America in in the year 2020. Uh, we are the most privileged yep. um, people to have ever lived on the planet. Uh, we, we are we are the most wealthy, uh, no matter what. And you might be listening to this thing, and I'm broke as a joke. Well, your your broke is different than other people's broke. If you you know go to go to uh, you know go to Nigeria, go find a little village in the in the in the jungle, and yeah. and just see see what uh you know see what what broke looks like. Um, you know go go to go to some of these third world countries where uh, where running water is a problem, like you know where where people actually uh, 
thirst to death or starve to death. And, and, uh, you know, we, we can, we can go to our neighbor's trash can and eat and eat better than some of those kids over there in, in other countries. And so, um, we, we are the most privileged people in the world. And, and I, I sometimes even feel ridiculous. Uh, I, I think I preached through first Peter here last year, I think. And, um, uh, and you know, First Peter is a is a book on. I mean, there's several things that are taught in First yeah. Peter, but I think one of the main themes in First Peter is how Christians should suffer well. And 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 it's I think we struggle to wrap our minds around suffering and persecution for the cause of Jesus yeah. because because we we're we live in such a privileged time and uh, and that's a gift of God's mercy and grace. And yet uh, at the same time, I can't imagine you know when I think about. Uh, when I think about some of the early church fathers, and I'm hoping in a future season we can we can just kind of walk through the history of the Christian church and and see what you know what all has taken place. And church history is a fascinating subject, but but when I think about the life of of you know of John Calvin, or I think about the life of uh, William Tyndale, or or uh, you know some of these some of these great faith fathers who have done so much and contributed so much, but were so so persecuted for their oh, yeah. love for Jesus, uh, man, what, what must their rewards look like? You know what I mean? Like what, 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 how, how many people does it take to carry, uh, you know, the, the, the rewards because of the suffering of, of people like, uh, like, like the apostle Paul, I mean, like, like Peter, like John, like these, you, you mentioned that, uh, uh, that these disciples, the majority of them died martyrs deaths and, uh, well, don't I mean, you? What, I re- what must their treasure? No, I agree with you, like, and that's why I think um, I've read because they so faithfully Surprisingly, Jesus. I can't remember the exact chapter and verse, but I do believe that the scripture. I'll have to double check this, but the twelve apostles are going to be sitting on the twelve thrones, and so there is a special reward for their faithfulness yeah. yep. unto Christ, and. And yes, we will receive, you know, you talk, the Bible mentions different robes, different uh, crowns, but also remember in the book of Revelation where it says, you know, we will kneel before Jesus right. and we will cast our crowns or lay our crowns at his feet. Because really at the end of the day, First uh, Corinthians, yeah. I think it's at chapter 15, yeah. verse 10, Paul says, you know, I've worked harder than all these other apostles. But he said, it really wasn't me. It was the grace of God within me. So really, at the end of the day, everything good that we do for the Lord and everything we do for other people that's that's done for God's glory. Is it us? Yes. But technically, it really is. And it's the grace of God. It's God at work in us. It's Christ who lives in me. It's the Holy Spirit working through me. So on that final day, we will receive those rewards. But at the same time, we will cast those or lay those crowns at the feet of King Jesus and say, Lord, the only reason I was even the only reason I wanted to do that or even could do it was because you were working in me. And so to you belong all the praise and glory, uh, both now and forever. You have all dominion and sovereignty and authority. And so what a beautiful day that will be when we. And, and, you know, Job talks about that. I just I, I know we're wrapping this up, but, you know, I. That's right. Job nineteen twenty five through twenty seven, where he says, you know, even after my flesh has went up, has decayed. This is a paraphrase, you know. Yet, you know, in my body I will stand before God, and I know my Redeemer lives. So, this idea of a resurrection, this idea of being in glory with God, is something that's found in the Old Testament as well as the New. 
And it's something that we should look forward to as God's people. And that's when all the wrongs will be made right and both our, our, our souls and our bodies will be completely restored and made perfect and right. And we'll be able to see Christ and serve him and worship him with all the holy angels and all the saints from all the ages uh, for all the eons to come. So I hope y'all, you guys have enjoyed this podcast on glorification. And that kind of concludes our overview of the golden chain of salvation or how God saves us all the way back uh, to, from predestination all the way through to glorification. And Brian, I think it all centers on Jesus Christ. Um, it's, it all goes back to him. Everything is done for him, through him, and by him for his glory. And, and I love, one more thing, I got to say this, because if you read 1 Corinthians 15, at the very end of all time, when the new heavens and the new earth are made, at the very end, Jesus Christ will then hand over the kingdom back to God the Father and will deliver it back over to him. And I kind of see that as Jesus saying, Father, you gave me these people. I have saved them and I have brought them home. And now I want to give all this back to you, Father, to you be the praise and glory. And so then... What a beautiful day that's going to be. I mean, it, we have so much that, that God has in store for us, guys. It's hard for the human mind to even comprehend. So we hope that we have kind of touched on it a little bit to encourage you and comfort you to keep pressing on, keep serving the Lord. Your labor for the Lord is not in vain. Continue to be faithful to him. Um, go out there and love other people in the name of Jesus. That's Share right. the gospel. Live for Jesus. Work hard for Jesus and realize that one day God's going to come back and he's going to resurrect us and there's going to be a beautiful, new, glorious place uh, right here on this planet. I firmly believe that. There is some contention on that, but I do believe it will be on this planet and we will be with him forever. So, Pastor Brian, I appreciate you taking time, man. We had a, another phenomenal discussion, and I hope you guys enjoyed this as much as I have. Um, and so we just appreciate y'all listening, and we hope to uh, – to get some feedback from you, just email us at PastorSamDavis at Yahoo.com and check out our Facebook page, our YouTube channel. Check out Fairview Baptist Church's uh, Facebook page and just um, just thank you guys for all your love and your support.